Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Lord, we thank you for your Word, that your Word is always good and fresh. And Father, we just thank you for your plans for this service today. And Father, the ministry that you desire to do, I'll simply uh, listen and obey and be your mouthpiece. Lord, we just thank you. It's an honor to serve you and to, to walk in you. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, so we're talking about Brother Paul a little bit. And um, it's just really... Um, this, what we're talking about, when we talk about, uh, sometimes you might hear the terminology, or you may even hear me say it, because I use it occasionally, once in a while, the Pauline revelation. What does that mean? Is that a religious term? Is that, it's basically a term used of, of Paul's teachings, the, the, the Pauline uh, teaching or revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory that Paul talked about in him and in whom, uh, especially uh, who we are in Christ uh, when we're born again. We see many people in the world today that are involved with a church or, or, or even a, a believer, or leave the church even just as itself out of it, just being a born-again believer, and they understand about being born again, but, they, but that's uh, pretty much sometimes as far as it goes. When difficulties come, problems come along, uh, then what's next? What happens after that? Every day, the day, how do I deal with, situ- with life in general in my home, in my workplace, and whatnot? How many of you know that uh, Paul talked a lot about the authority that we have in Christ? In him, and we know that there's a real devil out there, and he's he's out to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We know John ten ten tells us that, but Jesus says, "I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly." M- many the problem is many believers or even Christians say, you know, they 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 might know that there's there's bad in the world, that the, there's a bad devil out there, and he's out to steal, kill, and to destroy. But they're always running to God to take care of this problem here. No, that, see, that's where we miss it sometimes and realize he already has taken care of the problem. Jesus did. He defeated him. But then what a lot of people don't understand is that authority has been given unto you and I, the church, as believers, to stand up. He's given us his word. We sang about his name today. Amen. And the blood that has authority over the enemy, he gave us free use of that name to stand against the wiles of the devil. Uh, when, he, when, the, when the problems come along, we must stand up in, in him of who we are, the greater one in us, and take our authority and put a stop to it. We can ask God all day long for him to stop something, and he's not going to do it because he's already did it and given us the authority. We're the ones that's here on the earth right now, and he lives in us. And as we put ourselves in him, when we walk in him, we walk in his authority, in his power, and in his demonstration, praise God. It does not take anything away whatsoever from Je- away from Jesus, from God. He wants us as children. He says we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
And so he wants you and I, God wants you and I to stand up. He's deputized us over the enemy, and it's important that we stand in him and take our authority and walk in victory, praise God. It doesn't mean that problems don't come along or won't come along, but the important thing is to know that in him we're more than conquerors. In him we're a winner, praise God. Amen? In him we're not alone. In him we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's good news. I said that's good news, praise God. Amen? I want to read a couple of things, and I, I read some of this uh, last week. This is a, a really good book. If you don't have it, I encourage you to get it. It's Mark Hankins. Uh, Brother Mark Hankins wrote this. It's called Paul's System of Truth, The Life and Teaching of the Apostle Paul. And again, I preface this by saying we're not making Paul into a god. We're just simply saying Paul uh, came after uh, Jesus uh, in, in, in teachings, and he basically, as we talked about how that Jesus, um, um, how do we say that, Pastor Michael, that Jesus and, and Paul, yeah, Jesus gave the picture, thank you, and Paul gave the x-ray of that. It breaks down, and I'll share a little bit of this, um, and maybe it'll help you understand. Uh, let's see, where do I want to start? I've got a lot of good stuff here. I want to start, um, bear with me just a second, I was going to mark some of this, um, when John the Baptist come out of the wilderness preaching, preaching, people ask him who you, who you are, they ask if he was the prophet Elijah, came back. John simply quoted from Isaiah 40, verse 3. He answered, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. In other words, he opened his Bible and said, let me tell you who I am. It is written right here. This is the key to your identification with Christ, finding out who the Word says you are. So this was John. Now you remember Jesus, when he went into the temple and began to teach, he opened in his Bible and found, the Bible says, and found the saying that says, the Spirit of the Lord God has anointed me to preach the good news, to, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring deliverance to the captive, and to see them set free. Well, what was he doing? Jesus found himself and began to declare it. We've got to find ourselves in him when we begin to declare who we are. So that, that being in mind... Um, I want to start reading at right here, talking about this identification or this new identity in him that we have when we're born. What are we talking about? When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he comes into you, but you come into him. He is in you. You walk in him. He's in you, right? You're one together. And so understanding your identification with Christ is the center of the gospel, Paul had such a radical identity change that he said, it's not even me living anymore. That is a radical identity change. Someone said that the power of God hit Paul on the road to Damascus so hard that it knocked the S off the front of his name and replaced it with a P. He, never, he was never Saul again. If you committed a crime, the, persecu the prosecution could grant you immunity from 
prosecution in exchange for your testimony against the mafia. The FBI might promise you a new identity. They would change all your records, your fingerprints, your address, your social security number. They would move you to a new location, change every record concerning every bill you ever owe. They would totally wipe out your past and give you a new identity. How does God change your identity? The moment you receive Christ, you become a new creation in him. It may take you a while before you can say, I'm not even that person anymore. However, as you feed on the word of God, it would become more real to you and I. The devil may have been after you for years, but God has wiped out all record of your past, every account that was against you, every sin, every claim the devil had to you. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Psalms 103.12. God has changed your old address, and now you live in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. If you stay where he has relocated you, if you stay where he has relocated you, the devil can't find you. Think about that. In him. If you stay in the him, the devil can't find you because all he sees is Christ. He don't want to go there. He's been there before. Do not talk about your feelings or past failures. You Do not give the devil another shot at you, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Colossians 3.3, God says, your old nature passed away you have a new identity now. Hallelujah. So that is our identity that we have in him. So what's the difference between someone that's just born again and someone that begins to find out truly who they are in Christ? In other words, they act just like God. They begin to act in their life. When the devil comes along, they stand up and say, no, you don't, devil. What would God do? No, you don't, devil. Amen? When problems come your way, you speak to those mountains. Did Jesus speak to the mountain? Well, what's he commanded us to do? Say to the mountain, speak to it, praise God, and command it to be cast into the sea, command it to be moved, the mountain of your problem, whatever it is. So he already did it, and now he paved a way for you and I to walk in him in those very things that he did and showed us how to do. And so uh, I want to read a, a little bit more here. Uh, I want to read this because there's some, so much good stuff in here. And um, i got to see. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, the gospel is multifaceted and meets every need. The four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are a proclamation of the gospel. The book of Acts is a demonstration of the gospel. Paul's letters are an explanation of the gospel. The four gospels are a photograph of redemption. Paul's epistles are an x-ray. An x-ray shows things that cannot be seen in a photograph. Do you have that mental picture? The difference between a photograph and the x-ray on the inside. It, it, it goes on the inside, it goes much deeper. In a photo, you see the external, but an x-ray shows the internal. Both of these pictures are necessary to see the picture of redemption in its entirety. Paul's revelation tells the necessity of the crucifixion of Christ. So let's just look at that. We know that Jesus was crucified. We say that he's risen. 
we, we celebrate uh, 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 Good Friday. We celebrate Easter about uh, Jesus being uh, uh, risen. We even celebrate when he came on the earth as a baby. But what did all that produce? How many of you know that the reason Jesus came on the earth, he came legally, he was born legally on the earth, walked, and the Bible says he walked and was tempted in all points like unto we are. He feels the very same thing. He's been there. There's not a single person on planet earth that's ever been a place that Jesus hadn't already been and felt the effects of it and wrought the victory over it. And that's what he accomplished through the death, burial, and resurrection. Well, why did he accomplish it? He accomplished it so that he could just say, well, look, look, I did it. Look here. No, he did it. If you remember, when he rose again, he stopped by planet Earth, and he said, here's the keys to the kingdom. Here's how things operate. Now, don't let the enemy run roughshod over you anymore. You don't have to. Sin cannot force your hand, cannot force you to sin. The devil cannot make you do certain things. His power has been broken, praise God. And I invest in you. I deputize you. If you remember, before, the, uh, before he, he, he moved on to glory, he, the great commission was given, right? And he said, go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. Uh, cast out devils, praise God, in my name. He commissioned everyone he commissioned, though, his followers, and guess what? You and I today have the same commission. We're his followers. The same, we've been deputized. We've been given authority. Now do what he's paved away, what he got the victory through. Many people say, yeah, yeah, he, he did that, so now I can go to heaven. Well, that's good. But how many of you know God wants, to live us, wants us to live heaven on earth right now? He doesn't want us to be shoved around, pushed around, and live a defeated life because he gave us everything that we need to live in victory right here and right now. Doesn't mean the problems won't come, but what it means is we read the back of the book and found out we win, praise God, and we're more than conquerors, and we're going to push through that thing, and we're going to walk in victory day by day by day, praise God. But as a choice to make, it's up to us to choose to walk in that victory or to live a life of defeat. It's our choice. Hallelujah. So I go back to, and I don't know, I guess I didn't bring it. Uh, would you, Jonathan, would you go on my desk? It was a copy of that, of the, uh, the, our vision, the church vision. Page one, if you would bring that, the smaller print. Um, I read this last week, and it's in the email that we sent out, the first paragraph of our vision. And what was really neat is to begin to go through this and look at it, it's like, wow, does that ever go with our teaching on, uh, uh, concerning the life of Paul and, and because of the teaching of who we are in Christ and how we're to grow up in him. How many of you know there's a growing up to do? And we grow up by the word of God, what's it causes us to do? To grow in faith. Faith comes by hearing, right? Hearing, the, I like to say it this way. The God faith comes from hearing the God word. Faith comes by hearing, period. If you hear negative long enough, faith will come in that negative. You begin to believe it. That's how fear, fear is the opposite of faith, but it's a type, it's a negative form of faith. If you get into fear, if you hear it all the time, if you, you think about it all the time, guess what? That faith in that fear is what gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Well, I don't know. Maybe he couldn't find it, but that's okay. Did you find it or not? No, you did. Cool. I thought that's where I left it. But I like to, I want to read it again. Thank you, sir. So at Word of Faith Family Church, our vision is to teach Christians who they are in Christ Jesus. Right off the bat. There we go. Who we are in Christ Jesus and how to live a victorious life in their covenant rights and privileges. The fulfillment of that vision takes place when those believers become rooted and grounded enough in God's Word to reach out and teach others with those same principles. So that's number one. That's the first paragraph right off the bat, which goes along with the teachings of Paul and the importance of living a life in him. So what happens? I know in my life, let me just share this, how this really began I, I knew that I had a call of God on my life to teach or preach or, you know, to minister years ago, back in 1979. Uh, uh, I went to Bible school, Raymond Bible Training Center in Tulsa, and my wife and I, uh, well, we didn't know each other at the beginning of that, but we did during that and after. And so... Um, I began, I knew that there was a call of God on my life to minister. And so I remember Pastor Lee, some of you know Pastor Lee, our, my pastor from down in, in Oklahoma, asked me one Wednesday night to minister. Now I had shared a little bit in a couple of groups, my testimony a little bit at different times, but you know, not really in front of a group like that. And he asked me to, to minister on a Wednesday night, and if you'd have known me at that time, I was very, very shy. Very shy. I know. I chuckle. You, yes, I was very shy. Very, very shy. Uh, if you had to come up and talk to me, if I didn't know you, I would just, where's the rock to crawl under? Especially if a female would come up and talk to me. Oh, man. I mean, I, everybody used to laugh at me for blushing all the time. Because I would blush, and now I just get red-faced because I... I, I uh, get passionate about something or whatever, and it's, but, but then it was a real blush. And that was just my flesh because I was very, I was born and raised on a farm back in the middle of nowhere. My dad took me out of school uh, after my, really, my ninth grade in school to work on the farm. And uh, uh, so there was a lot of uh, the social interactive I didn't have. And so... Uh, for, for me to be asked to minister that Wednesday night, I said yes before I could say no because I knew that there was a call of God on my life. My flesh, I knew if I gave it any time, would scream out, what are you doing? And did afterwards, what are you thinking? How are you going to minister? How are you going to share on Wednesday night? I don't know. There was probably you know, maybe 30, 40 people there. It uh, wasn't that many, but still it was, it was a big deal. And, and they had a plexiglass podium, so there's no place to hide your knees from knocking. And uh, I stammered and stammered through it, but I knew that I had some. But before that time, afterwards, or, or no, b before that time, not afterwards, before that time, before I ministered, after I said yes, I remember one night walking the railroad tracks where I lived. This is before Pastor Nancy and I were ever married, young lad there, and I walked the railroad tracks from where I lived up to what we call German Corner, and that's got to be seven miles, 
I walk that and back during the night, praying in the Spirit, just praying and declaring in the name of Jesus, I will fulfill the call of God on my life. It was chilly out that night, but I was sweating. But I had to walk through it because I knew the call of God on my life was greater than my flesh saying, you can't do it. I was learning who I was in Christ and that I was not in me, I was in him. And so this is what we're talking about, this type of, of, of living a life of standing up in what's been given and saying no to the flesh. Many people are, never get where they need to go because they let their flesh dictate to them. If you'll notice, one of Paul's main writings was in, in Romans, the 7th or 8th chapter, right off the bat. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk after the Spirit and not the flesh. And so it's are we going to let the flesh dictate to us how we're going to do something, what we're going to do, or are we going to walk by the dictates of the Spirit? And so that's what I was doing that night. I was pushing through. I was telling my flesh, flesh, you're not going to dictate to me. You're not going to control the rest of my life because the call of God in my life is greater. Now, I could have, I could have just said, no, there's no way. I'm not doing it. I can't do it. No. And you may be at that place in your life. I'm telling you, it's worth standing up against your flesh and not being fleshly ruled, but allowing the Spirit of God to rule you, standing up and say, I will stand up in who I am in Him. Because we have a brand new identity, folks. A brand new, in Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. Hallelujah. And so as I began to do that, then I remember it was a breakthrough that night. As I ministered, like I said, I know I didn't do a terrible, I done a terrible job. Who was I was talking to this morning that said something about, oh, it was uh, uh, Pastor Kendra this morning was talking about, I was talking to her and she says, first time I ministered on a Wednesday night, she said, I would just, I know I just did terrible. I says, well, you probably done better than what you thought you did because we're our own worst critics, right? And, uh, but I know it was, it was rough. It was rough. And I remember getting through it and said, it was done. Well, it wasn't too long later he asked me to minister again. And again, I said yes. And again, I didn't want to. My flesh didn't want to. But I knew it was needful that I do. How many of you know, uh, you know, the practice in that begins to bring out, begins to uh, mature things within us as we, the more we do. It's called proficiency. And, uh, and I did a little better that time. And then there was more times. And then it became to the point that all of a sudden I realized that I had some serious help coming from above. I had some help coming that God was helping me. And I began to learn how to less, put less reliance on the flesh and more uh, on, this, on the Spirit of God in me. And as, as I've said before, and you know, now it's just amazing. And sometimes, you know, I give God all the glory for it because it wasn't me. It's the greater one in me. Now, one of my most comfortable places is in front of people. It's him. It's him. If he did it, I'm telling you this to say, if he did it in my life, he'll do it in yours. 
So don't use that as a cop-out. Don't use it on me. Don't give that as an excuse to me because I will not take it. So I've been there. And I broke through it, and I know you can too. My wife tells me sometimes, sometimes you don't have a lot of patience for that. I said, no, I don't. I don't because I know that you can do what you want to do if you want to do it bad enough. Hallelujah. I'm not a coddler. I, I, won't, I won't because I'm telling you, God wants us to rise up in him. And if I do it, you know, like I said, the, the personality that comes across sometimes may be bold and everything, but that's him in me. It's not me because I know where I come from. And I know the greater one that dwells in you. Hallelujah. Let's just say this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do anything I need to do through Christ that is working in me now. Hallelujah. We're not alone. We have a new identity. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. All right. Turn your, your Bibles. Well, we read uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 last week, did we not? There, let's go over there anyway. We did, but we're going to read it again. 2 Corinthians. Thanks, son. I need an organizer up here with my stuff this morning. So he said, oh, did he call my name? Organizer? <laughs> Hitry? Did you think I called your name? I said, I need an organizer up here to get things in order. Second <laughs> Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man... Who's he talking to? Now, this is not gender specific. You understand that. It has to do with mankind. Okay? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You might have a translation that says, he is a new creation. One translation says, a new species of being that never before existed. I like that. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So what, all, what, are, all, what are things that become new? All things. So that means we don't think the same way we used to think. We don't act the same way we used to act. We don't talk the same way we used to talk. Our attitude is different. Our drive is different. Our desires begin to change. Everything begins to change. I remember before I was born again, I, I met someone that was in love with Jesus. And I thought it was pretty amazing, but yet it really irritated me because all they wanted to do was talk about God. All they wanted to do was talk about God. Well, we didn't have a common denominator until I made things right with Jesus. And then guess what? I love to be around people that all they want to talk about is God. Yeah. That's right. Hallelujah. Because he lives in me. Because he's my helper. My friend. The lover of my life. 
He restored my life to me. He helps me. Strengthens me. He leads me. He guides me. He lives in us. Hallelujah. So your identity is not you, the old, old man. And what's really sad is to find somebody that's 10, 15 years old in the Lord and acts just like the world. There's not an identity change. Why is that? Because they haven't found out who they are in him. I'm telling you, folks, God loves you more than the devil hates you. And he has a good plan for your life. He has a good plan for your life. And I've told people this, and I'll continue to tell. You'll never get where you need to be in life without him. Trying to do it on your own. I don't care if you've been used, and sometimes for us guys, men, it's what well, you got to say. Nobody's going to tell me I can do this myself. Well, you better stop it because it don't take a minute to get the rug pulled out from under you and you realize how much you need him. Put the pride under and begin to say, Jesus, help me. Hallelujah. Because there's things he wants to do that's far beyond what we could ever even imagine in our lives. And he'll do it if we'll open our hearts to him and realize that he lives in us. And we're not doing this on us, in us. We're doing it in him. Hallelujah. Now turn, if you would, to, uh, uh, to Ephesians, the first chapter. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So thankful for who he is in us. I'm so thankful we need him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And while you're turning there, I want to read this. Paul, a happy man. The joy of Jesus strengthened Paul through all adversity. Do you understand there's a difference between happiness and joy? Joy is a force. You can have the joy of the Lord in you and not be necessarily what the world would even term happy, but have great contentment. But, happy, but you can't walk in the joy of the Lord for any length of time without being happy. Happiness comes out of joy. Joy does not come out of happiness. Always remember that. Okay? So the joy of Jesus strengthened Paul through all adversity. He finished his course with joy and completed the assignment given to him by Jesus Christ in Acts 20, 24. In Philippians, one of the, his last letters, Paul speaks of joy and rejoicing 16 times in four short chapters. Whatever else a man in Christ is, he is certainly a happy man. Hallelujah. Kitri, you just got back from Greece. Did you go to Philippi? Did you see where Paul was imprisoned? Did, you, did they have it open where you could go in? Yeah. So when you read, and I would encourage you, you could even read some of Rick Renner's writings on Paul, done a very extensive study 
where Paul was at when he was in prison, there was a terrible, terrible place. Rat-infested, just nasty, nasty. And some of his most powerful writings that Paul wrote came out of that prison. He was uh, even encouraged many others during that time. And it was like, man, the guy needed encouragement himself, you would have thought. Uh, so anyway, towards the end of his life, Paul stood before the leaders of the Rome Empire and said, I think myself happy. Acts 26.2. Another translation says, I have been uh, congratulating myself, King Agrippa. Paul was a happy man. If you consider the adversity he encountered in his life, you would expect him to say something different. He could have said, I'm a tired man, a mistreated man, a lonely man, a disappointed man, a hurting man. Instead, Paul described himself as a happy man. When Paul met Jesus, his whole life and identity changed. He was no longer Saul of Tarsus. He was a new creature. And we talked about the difference between Saul and Paul, how that Saul, when he went back to um, uh, Greece, when he went back to uh, in, in the, with the Romans, he, he would refer to himself as Paul, um, I mean Saul, I'm sorry, but then to the Christians, to the, the Jews, he referred to himself as, as Paul. So Saul, the difference between Saul, his old name, and uh, so anyway, uh, so he related to both. He was no longer Saul of Tarsus, he was a new creature. He was not only a changed man, but he was also a different man. His name, identity, and destiny changed. Paul found his new identity in Christ and fulfilled his new destiny. Paul's assignment was to assemble the thoughts given to him by Jesus and publish the message throughout the body of Christ. He was a mouthpiece that Jesus used to speak and write to believers in every generation. This is not only true for Paul, but for any person in Christ. You are such a different person in Christ, you will have to let God introduce you to your new self. Amen. Hallelujah. You heard me say this last week, but I'm going to say it again. And you really need to write this down, I think, because it's, it's, it's something that should resonate with each one of us. When you learn who you are, you know how you're supposed to be. I'll say it again. When you learn who you are in Christ, you know how you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to talk, how you're supposed to walk, how you're supposed to interact with other people, on and on and on and on, right? So when you learn who you are, you know how you're supposed to be. So Ephesians 1, we're going to just hit there just a little bit. Uh, so Paul starts out in Ephesians 1, says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to who else? To the faithful in Christ Jesus. Who would that be? Amen. Me. So this was written to you and I. So I always encourage believers. If you, if you, you say, yeah, I'm a born-again believer, but, you know, I, I need to grow in the things of God, well, that should be all of us. But if you want to begin to learn more who you are in Christ, 
you begin to start right here. I encourage everybody. Of course, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, those are all very good to begin with, even Romans and First and Second Corinthians. Those Paul's writings are just awesome. And then who can leave out Acts, obviously? Uh, that's, uh, that's not the Acts of the Apostles. That's the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. If you want to know how you're supposed to be in modern-day Acts, how you're supposed to do, uh, be, praise God, read what happened in Acts and read how they uh, uh, moved with God and got filled with the Holy Ghost and moved with Him. So uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll get into this more at a later date, but I had you to go through and underline last week of all the places that in Christ, in Him, and in, in whom, and, and especially Ephesians chapter 1. And you can go into 2 and 3 as well, but it really starts out um, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1 of the in Christ, in him, and in whom. And you can begin to find out who you are in Christ Jesus, praise God. And that's what Paul says, there's great things, there's a great investment made in each one of us through Christ in us. And when we begin to learn who we are in him, it doesn't matter what comes along on, in this earth. What, what problems may come, the greater one dwells in us. Praise God. And we're more than conquerors. Amen. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.